0: hello welcome to gunfighter cast episode number 119 i'm here with my buddy once again steve fisher and this time he's got much better audio it's not calling in (laughs) phone to phone hey steve how's it going dan not bad man uh good to see you and talk to you again looking forward to hanging out with you here in a couple of weeks man it's gonna be a good time
1: dude don't even remind me don't don't, i'm hoping i catch pneumonia so i don't have to go
0: Oh, no, no. (laughs) I know. We're going to talk tonight about 1911s, and really me and 1911s. Most people know that I have a video out there saying why I don't trust my life to a 1911, why I choose to carry a gun other than a 1911. It got shared again recently by Grunt Style. Okay. And, oh, man, it was all over the place. Strangely, surprisingly to me, the majority of responses and shares were in support. And then some people always take it the wrong way. Like, I, I wasn't saying that you shouldn't carry... A 1911, by any means. I'm just saying there's there's a certain person that is that yeah. gun is for them, and some of them not. And for me, uh, I've just chosen that it's, it's not the gun for me. But we're going to explore that a little bit more, and we're going to talk about that idea with a guy who absolutely loves 1911s, uh, has been involved in developing some 1911s, done all kinds of stuff, and uh, is crazy about them. So that's why you're here. Great. We'll get to that here in just a minute. We'll be right back. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter. Cabela's is a strong supporter of your right to keep and bear arms, which is why they support Gunfighter Cast. Whether you need guns and ammo or a new smoker, go visit Cabela's.com for all your shooting, hunting, fishing, and outdoor needs. Okay, we're back. So, Steve, before we get into our 1911 discussion, what is going to be cool shot that nobody knows about that you're expecting? that you don't have an NDA on or anything. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the hard part right now. Um, yeah, the, the stuff that I am NDA'd on is pretty cool. Um, it's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> that's a pickle spot because of all the NDAs. There, there really is. And most everything that is cool that's out, everybody already knows pretty much. Uh, the biggest thing for me that I'm truthfully excited about at SHOT Show is the Hudson. Yeah? That Hudson, dude, that gun is going to be legit.
0: Why why is that going to be legit? That
1: gun is just a combination of the best features of all the guns out that are current today. And probably from what I know and have seen and heard, is the lowest recoilings, flattest shooting pistol around.
0: Really? I'm going to need to get my hands on one of those then. You definitely
1: need to get your hands on one of those and get some stuff on that gun. Because I'll tell you what, I this is how excited I am about the new gun. Now, granted, I know some of the people involved in the project. Okay. Uh, they've come from other places in the industry like many do. You know, they float around. They find homes. Yep. Um, but some of the people involved in it are people that I know, people that I've known for 20 years that I, that I trust and this is how much I already have ordered one, and I will be hopefully getting that gun probably soon after SHOT Show, and I have never even touched it yet.
0: Cool. Sounds good. If you know him that well, we need to go walk over to that booth together and, and hook a brother up with that back introduction. Absolutely. Well, let's get back to our topic here. Interestingly, you know, my video, the 1911, explaining five reasons why I don't carry 1911, and, you know, some of those that I I, I really feel are valid for me, but they may not really matter to everybody else. And that's perfectly fine. Sure. So if, if, it, if the gun is for you, I don't make fun of anybody. I just go by what I see in classes. The average person that I see showing up in a class who thinks they have a good 1911 and thinks they know how to care for their 1911 and thinks they know how to use their 1911, they don't. And sure. I, I, I see more problems with that platform. And it's not really fair to say that because there's so many people doing it wrong. Like, they just don't build good guns. Or they show up with, like, the two-and-a-half-inch or three-inch or whatever it is. You know, that's just – that just nobody can get running right. And they, they think that they have a great product and a great gun, and they just – I feel bad for them in the class. Yeah. I'm like, man, because I, 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 I hate to be the guy who tells you that you bought garbage or somebody because it, it's – there's so much people invested in their guns, like, ego-wise and and have this personal connection with it that uh, I, I hate when rifles go down in classes. Like, I, I just hate it when somebody's gun that they love breaks, man. Like, it, it, I can't yeah. stand it. So – I see that more than anything else, you know, and and I I have to make the joke sometimes. I'm like, hey, nobody's Glock's having a problem. You know, Mm -hmm. nobody's VP9's having a problem today. You know, even the XD's are holding up, right? So (laughs) so it's like, it's just, I I see it. Like you, you see a lot of students every year. You see more than I do. And I'm seeing a lot of students every year. And I'm just seeing that gun standing out as a problem, especially when I have a brand new, a person who's just gotten into defensive shooting. And there's this age range that they all think they have to have a 1911, and mm. and it's there's so there's so many things that they're having to learn. I've I've got the whole class shooting accurately and and nailing down and doing a good job of rehearsing some fundamentals and applying those fundamentals, and and this guy's still running into small little details and little problems because of of the gun. Sure. So it, it's like, it, but then some some people come out there with 1911s, and they know how to take care of their gun. They know how to, to to tune those extractors. They know how to do everything there is to do with that gun. Yeah. And they have three guns in their bag and all three of them will run like a champ anytime they shoot yeah. them. And they're great. Yeah. And and that person, like, they don't, they're not ever a problem. They've already got it and everything. T- tell me about your experience with that with a 1911 with the, we'll say the, we'll, we'll use the term the average shooter or the average person, the average 1911 owner. Why are they having problems?
1: Most of that is usually related to one I won't say necessarily their ability to maintain the gun because some guns are just that prime. That that's just a fact, yep. especially with with a nineteen eleven. Now, I have seen guys show up with World War II era Ithaca Remington Rand pistols in class that you could rattle them and see through the gun literally, and the guns will run amazingly well, just just outstanding through an entire class. And you go, yeah, and there'll be a guy next to him with a name brand, mass manufacturer, production company of 1911s. You almost said the name. I almost said Kimber. Yes, Um, you did. (laughs) I'm I'm, going to call it out anyway. I don't care. (laughs) Um, You you know, so it's just, it's it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, you know, the the subcompact versions of them are notoriously finicky. The little three-inch barrel carry cool kid guns are a headache. They're problem-plagued. Uh, If it's not magazines, it's the recoil system. It's not the right ammo in the gun. Uh, You know, and granted, we see these problems with all kinds of guns. We we do, admittedly. Some more than others, some less than others. Um, But for the general thing that I see is usually people that just aren't intimately familiar with a 1911. It's either, again, ammunition They've skimped on magazines because face facts, good 1911 mags are expensive. They're twice the price of a Glock mag. You know they're approaching. I'm not sure what the VP9 mags are running now. Uh, you know earlier HK mags were sixty dollars a piece. You know a good 1911 mag. That they're is close reliable. to that. Yeah, they're, they're forty dollars for a good 1911 mag. But you know what? My CZ mags are about fifty dollars. So again, good magazines, good springs in the gun, having a well-built gun, and understanding it. But most of the people that I see that come into a class a, a few of them not all are not 1911 people. they like a 1911 they like to carry 1911s but they don't understand the gun
0: and and that's where I'm at like I, I understand how it functions and I've owned. Sure. Three 1911s now, and and I understand how to take care of the gun uh, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. You know, like I, I wouldn't consider myself a nineteen-eleven armorer, much less a gunsmith. You know, like I, I I'm not even right. at, at that level. Um, I can fix and replace pretty much everything on the Glock. Um, you mm-hmm. know, not a big deal. But I am not at that level on in the nineteen-elevens. So to me, I've already got a gun that serves me well, and that's really I I go like Glock nineteen and VP nine are kind of my my two go-to guns. <laughs> Great guns. And because I I I already. Understand them, and I understand how to maintain them, and understand what they're capable of, and what level of maintenance they need to keep going. Uh, and they already serve me well. You know, to me, it's like, why do I, why do I need another solution? You know, why, why do I need mm-hmm. to add something else to this? And that's really one of my, my main reasons for for choosing to to not go with the nineteen eleven. Now, at the same time, a couple of months ago, uh, I was approached uh, when I was looking for some people to sponsor Gunfighter Cast to help me quit my job and go out on my own and produce more content and everything else, which I did. Uh, And here I am. Nighthawk Custom was like, hey, you know, we'll be a part of that. And uh, so I, I was like, look, you guys know that I have this video on the Internet right now. Uh, talking about why I don't trust my life to a 1911. So, um, I was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about this because even well before they approached me for the for years, mm-hmm. and I've sh- I've shot a Nighthawk class where it was all Nighthawks, all Nighthawk mags, all Nighthawk yeah. gear and everything, and we had like 15 people in the class. Everybody shot like 800 rounds, and there were zero stoppages. You know, so mm-hmm. I I had um, and because they were maintained by by people who knew how to maintain the gun, they were maintained by Nighthawk Custom. So it's like I. I, I have I've had more trust in the 19 in the Nighthawk custom gun than any other 1911 by far and, and that's like it goes across all brands even higher mm-hmm. people that consider them higher end uh, or lower end Nighthawk is where I'm at when it comes to 1911s so which was really cool when they they wanted to, to sponsor the show so I thought how can I do this and be honest with my listeners and honest with with Nighthawk and be fair to them and everything else and my plan is kind of similar to what I did after myself and my sometimes co-host, John McGregor, we 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 talked about appendix carry, mm-hmm. and we talked about some of the negatives with appendix carry years ago. And I do believe that there are some negatives with carrying appendix, but there's also a lot of positives. And in those negatives and those positives, I decided, all right, listeners, I, I will carry appendix for a year straight every day. That's what I'm going to do. And now appendix is my go to mode of carry. It's I carry appendix yeah. more than anything else by far. I'm probably like ninety or ninety five percent appendix, like mm-hmm. ten percent, you know, somewhere else. And I because it's I, I I changed my mind about that. I really did. So in this because I'm in a unique spot right now where I'm taking a lot of classes. Like I'm taking a class with you in May because I'm taking a lot of a handgun class. I am in a unique opportunity to really. To, to change the way I think about 1911s. So I'm going to spend a lot of time with a 1911 this year. I'm going to spend a lot of time with a Nighthawk custom 1911 this year. And I am going to take multiple classes with that gun. And I'm also going to try to find an armorer's course somewhere. And or some way t- <laughs> I, I want to get that same intimate knowledge that I have uh, with like the Beretta 92, with the Glocks, you know, that, that, that I have, sure. I know those guns. I want to know the 1911 at that level or even better. And I'm going to dedicate this year to doing that. And I may change my mind about what I said in that video. And if I do, I'll make another video and let them know. Cause I I've changed my mind about a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. Sure. No, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know,
1: the, the 1911 is a gun that, you know, one of the pistols that I first cut my teeth on, you know, besides a wheel gun, uh, was a 1911, but great. You know, fell in love with it. Great, great gun. Just, again, the maintenance and maintaining of the gun, but getting a good gun out of the box, you know, getting a good gun out of the gate. You know, there's very few dudes that I that I trust to work on 1911s for me or build them for me. Uh, granted, I have 20-some 1911s in the safe. Uh 13 of which are Nighthawks. Not not going to bull
0: Let me talk for the listener here a little bit first. If mm-hmm. I decide that, hey, uh, I'm going to carry a 1911, or uh, I'm going to buy a 1911, what do I need to know?
1: <sighs> what do we need to know? One, do some research on the guns. Do some research as far as calibers that work well in a 1911, which a lot of them today, either 9mm or 45, even 10mm for myself, too. Um Magazines, absolutely a must. Which magazines? And again, this will come in every opinion, like Ford versus Chevy.
0: It also might vary by gun a little bit. Like That gun may not like those magazines that you prefer in your guns. That gun just may not get along with them.
1: It depends on how the gun is cut, who's manufactured it. I mean, there's a million things. So generalization I tell people is this. If you're going to look for 1911 mags, I generally stay with either the Chip McCormick's which are my go-to mags in all my 1911s, because all my 1911s run them very well and very efficiently. Um, the Wilson mags, those are always been a standard staple as well. I have 50-50% of guns that like or dislike them. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, Trip, another great magazine for some of the guns. I have Trip, Trip mags for some of my 9mm and a 38 Super. Um, 50-50 again. So it, it, it's really dependent on the gun, but I can tell you this, pretty much all of my Nighthawks all run the McCormick mags amazingly well. And love the Chip McCormick mags, they are just that mag for me and for my guns. Again, go out, buy a couple of each, see what your gun likes, and hey, work with them. I literally have guns that will not eject, you, you know, brand B magazine from the gun, they'll, they'll hang up on the release. Where I can take brand A magazine and it will throw them out of the gun like it's a Browning High Power. So, you know, pick and choose. There really is. But what you really need to do is do your work on what you need and what you want. The two different things there. And find a good, reputable manufacturer of said gun or custom builder. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. If people really want to spend the money, I get this asked a lot. I mean, I was asked last night of I me mean, on another podcast that I did. Um, if I was going to get a baseline 1911 for a project build gun, who would I go with? It's like, oh, here we go. Um, you know, I'll tell guys right out of the gate, get a Springfield, uh, range master yeah. range, whatever it is, the range master gun. That is a great baseline gun for builds. Uh, I would say, yep, go ahead get that, get it into a reputable gunsmith. There's two or three that I would recommend, uh, to those people that have built the gun. And that's based on personal experiences. And then after that, um, out-of-the-box guns, I am a Nighthawk guy. I've been a diehard Nighthawk guy since 2009, right? And and before that, yeah, I've got a few other, you know, high-end custom build guns. Um, But after, you know, it's hard for me to go anywhere else after Nighthawk. Yep, they're a sponsor. They're friends. But I bought my first one in 2009. You know, saved my pennies for it, and I had a lot of other ones before that.
0: So we're going to get back to the things you need to know, but but why why Nighthawk?
1: I like, one, the company. They're, they're a very family-based company, so to speak. They're very intimate, friendly, um, very down-to-earth people, and they'll take time to answer the questions from the sales dude answering the phone to customer service guys to the secretaries to the
0: owner. That's the best way they're- I would describe their – their company culture is, is his family. Yep.
1: It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. They really are. Um, after that, they take pride in the gun, one gunsmith, one gun kind of thing. You know, that dude is building that gun from ground up, you know, from, from the frame and the slide on that dude is building that gun. His Not job,
0: his livelihood is attached to it. You know, and I, I love that. Yep. Yeah,
1: exactly. That dude's name is stamped on the gun. You know, who built it, they know who built it. And if there is ever a problem with that gun, they can go back and say, Hey, Dave, or whatever your name is, you know, whichever guy it is, like, why is this happening to this customer's gun? And that dude is like, whoa, I don't know. Then they go through the build sheet, the check sheet, spec sheet, and see where things may have gone wrong or something may have been missed or just little things. It's human error. We, we have that. But um, the, the people there are family to me. I have spent many evenings at the owner's home with his family I've gone out four-wheeling in Bahan with his boys and him on their back 40 pastures, just having good old fun. Um, I've had Sunday morning church breakfast with their family and the employees as a whole with 25 people sitting in that house. And they've got good faith, good belief, good values, and I 100% back them and that alone. And they make you feel welcomed. I cannot pick up the phone and call Company Z and get that. As a customer, and this was this was before I was even you know really in depth with them. But as that progressed over the years, and that friendship, that relationship, that family, man, that that is huge to me. That that is absolutely huge to me.
0: That's awesome. Not nineteen eleven related, but we're about to take a quick commercial break from Primary Weapon Systems. I've spent quite a bit of time with people from Primary Weapon Systems, and mm-hmm. like the same kind of culture. I I they are yep. man. If they're not having fun, they're not going to do it. Uh, and we'll be That's right it. back. Hey guys, Daniel here. I want to invite you to go check out Bootleg Inc. at bootleginc.com. Bootleg has top quality products for everything that you need to build a solid AR. Bootleg is the sister company to Primary Weapon Systems and contains a searchable database with everything you need to know to build an AR. Go check them out at bootleginc.com. All right, we're right back. What else do we What else do we need to know? So we talked about magazines. Uh, we talked about you know a reputable gun. Um, do, what do I need to know maintenance wise?
1: Lube the gun and shoot it, especially a good one. Just lube it and shoot it. I, I can, I can tell you this. Um, I have a test bed gun, a nine millimeter Nighthawk Falcon with an RMR on it that they did some cuts on to check, you know, they were playing with some slide weights and stuff like that, you know, you know, and checking to see how the RMRs were going to work on the guns after the weight and mass was removed from the gun for the mounts All this kind of cool stuff. I... Got the gun, took it out of the box, put an RMR on the gun, loaded it up, started shooting it, lubed the gun. The gun has almost 9,000 rounds now, and it is the only thing that has been changed on it is the recoil spring. It has not been cleaned. It has had nothing other than reapplication of lube. And I have to check my data book somewhere on it laying around. Um, it's well into the eighty-five to 9,000 round range of factory and some reman ammo just for trial and error. Um, and it looks like hell. The dudes who have seen it in class have seen it. They look at it and they just watch the chunks of crud fall out of the gun (laughs) and it's still going. I mean, literally no BS, like Nighthawk will see that gun this year when I bring it back in for some evaluation on it. You will scrape layers of carbon and garbage out of that pistol and it keeps running. Not that every gun is going to go that, but for me, this was an abuse gun to try to see where its failure was just to kind of dispel some of the BS behind 1911s.
0: All right. Somebody out there is wanting me to ask this right now, so I have to. Uh, The type of lube that I choose for guns is it's like beer. You know, what kind of beer do you want? Uh, I'll take cold beer, right? Like whatever's close, whatever's arms reach and and cold, like that's me. There it is. Uh, That's kind of how I am with lubrication. Like, hey, what what lube is within arm's length? Because that's the one I'm going to (laughs) use. What's Um, your choice?
1: That gun, I purposely did nothing but fire clean because I wanted to see what the real thing was with fire clean at the time. So I have used nothing but fire clean in that gun. I started with a clean gun, applied fire clean. That was it. I, I squirted it in the gun. I didn't go through any of this treating process or whatever anybody says needs to be done to a gun. I just squirted the lube in it, and that's all I've used on that pistol. Um, specifically, I keep some tubes of it with that gun in that gun bag, just so that gun is in particular. Um Any good lubricant today is good. Sloop 2000 has been a performer forever. I've tried Lucas gun oil. I've tried, you know, CLP, everything that's out there. Guess what? The gun needs to be wet. Yep. And and whatever stays on the gun the longest is great. Um, You know, we've been through the whole gamut of stuff, yourself as well, being through your military career. You know, use all kinds of magic wonders, probably including oil dipsticks of vehicles. Um, (laughs) Yep. But specifically, I've seen nothing but a diet of fire clean. Um, you know, there's a lot of good lubes out there. I've even been trying some of the stuff from Geisley of late, his, his, his purple, whatever that stuff is. I can't remember really the name of it off the top of my head on several other guns. Get a good quality lubricant that's going to stay. I'm not a grease guy. I'm not. I, I just I, I, I don't do it unless I've got my grand. That's about it. Everything else gets oil. And it gets a liberal application of it, and when it stops, you know, doing what it's supposed to do, it gets more lube. Once it gets
0: dry, yeah. If you don't have to wipe off your eye pro, and and your, you're and your right. face, you're not lubing enough, right? That, that's, that's that's how I measure. Yeah. Cool. So let's say somebody doesn't buy a Nighthawk, right? And well, this is really turned into a commercial, and it didn't even mean to. Um, it's yeah. it's the way it is, right? So let's say they didn't buy a Nighthawk, and they have, you know, maybe okay. some other manufacturers. And they're coming to a class. Uh, I see the guys. I see often in classes, people are changing out parts or tuning a part or doing something mm. in, a, in a class with their 1911. What does somebody need to have with them? And you could say a second gun if you want, but it, it, yeah. it, 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 like having a second gun is what I always recommend. If somebody's like, "Hey, I'm bringing my my three inch c- Kimber," I'm like, "Okay, I know to make have sure a I, got a, I got I got a Glock 21 in a holster with me, right? It's like, because yeah. I because I know what's going to happen."
1: extractors get some spare extractors tuned and fitted to the gun some recoil springs and good mags
0: would you that reckon happened. would you recommend somebody knowing how to do that to, to tune and fit those extractors themselves
1: you know it's not a bad thing to learn um, you know obviously if you're buying a gun from a you know puzzle piece company, most of the extractors pretty much are plug and play for a lot of those companies. You know, they pull them out of a box, they put them in a bin, they go. Uh, a good custom gun or a customized gun will have a fitted one or a tuned one. And, you know, a couple extra bucks when you order the gun if you're not going to take the time to learn how to do that. But, you know, order a couple of them with the gun. You know, it's maybe another 12 15 bucks, 20 bucks. whoever's making the part at that time. Order them, have them fitted to the gun. Your life will be so much easier and some recoil springs, and that's easy to change.
0: Cool. So that's not too bad, right? Uh, Squirt lube on it. Have the person you bought the gun for send you extra extractors and recoil springs, and uh, that's pretty much all you need.
1: How how many Glock extractors have we changed on the range over the years?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you this one because this is more my personal question. Uh, I was going to text you the other day, actually, when I picked the gun up. What do you find that you like the best for concealed carry uh, with a 1911?
1: Um, as far as holster position-wise or gun-wise?
0: Uh, holster, I would say. Yeah, let's go with holster first.
1: Holster-wise, holster I get kind of traditionally nostalgic with a 1911 for my concealed carry stuff. Uh, summer special, Milt Spark summer special inside the waistband. I, I've carried an appendix carry as well as strong side. Um, IWB, you know, I do have some holsters set up for appendix to carry on a 1911 from Raven and a couple other companies. Um, but for me, man, the gun just belongs in leather. It's, it's just that part of me that can't let go of it. You know, I I I found
0: found myself, I found myself in the leather section of, uh, (laughs) right after picking up the gun, I'm like, man, I, I can't put this in. Like a I
1: this it's to go so,
0: so I was actually, uh, I was eyeballing the vertus series mm-hmm. from uh, Crossbreed. They're, yeah, they're kind of pretty.
1: Yeah, so. they're pretty. Uh, you know, I've had some. You know, I've had a whole game of stuff. Uh, you know, a summer special, a, a um, the VM2. Um, God, man, there's so many of them out there. I've got some stuff from Matt Delfati and Custom Leather. Uh, Kramer, you know, Atkins. I mean, there's so much good leather that was good leather holster within arm's reach of a 1911.
0: Maybe I'll I'll have to like give you my address and let me let me borrow some holsters so I don't have to drop 300 bucks on a nice leather holster. Got it, easy, no problem, man. So I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. You you kind of uh, it's it's tough to talk to you, Steve, because you have these like practical outlooks. Uh, that I often have, and sometimes they're, hey, what, what light technique do you like with a, with a handgun? I'm like, well, I like shining the light on the bad guy until the bad guy can't be bad anymore yeah. and then yeah. turn the light off, you know?
1: It's <laughs> like, pretty amazing. I mean, you know, we, we can say that because a lot of times we have an understanding of, you know, uh, all the things if we didn't we wouldn't have a job Let, let's just put it that way um you know there's specific techniques and tactics and ways to do things and approaches it depends on what your context is Time, but yeah exactly and feed the gun good ammo feed it with good magazines keep it wet and shoot the gun
0: hey and that's a good point though i meant to bring that up earlier when you were talking about it but i see a lot of problem with 308 rifles all the time Um, and a lot of time it's not that the rifle it's it's kind of more of a case of the ammunition wasn't right for that gun but then when you find the rifle and the ammo that gets along with that rifle you kind of don't have the problems anymore Mm-hmm. and I, I see that some of the 1911s like they there might be some boxes mm-hmm. of ammo that are just trouble all the time and it's good quality ammo yeah. that, or, or by a company that we understand to make good sure. good quality ammo but that just doesn't get along with that gun so i would also yeah. say that don't don't judge that gun and i don't i don't do that either don't judge that gun because it it, it could be just that ammunition that you're using now at the Absolutely. same time at the same time you can judge it a little bit because all five of those different boxes would run in what other kind of gun, you know? So that's another sure. part of it. So that's another piece of the puzzle that somebody has to put together themselves is, okay, maybe the first box of ammo that I buy, my gun may not like it. I might I might have these five different brands that my gun gets along with great, but these two I have to stay away from. And there's a little bit of a learning curve in time and sure. trial and error involved in that. So yeah. something you have to be ready for as well.
1: Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right on that. The other thing is too, depending on who made the gun and the tolerance of the gun. Uh, you know, I have some guns that are fitted extremely tight. They're very accurate guns. The barrel hood fit everything on them. I mean, they've been custom built guns. They will, they will definitely outshoot my capability at 25 to 50 yards, which is just, you know, like, wow, great. Um, makes me want to shoot better, but it could take 200 rounds to break them in. Two hundred fifty rounds to break them in, just to get them settled in, to get everything just finally honed and fitted to where the gun is going to start working and running better. Um, that's not, you know, that's not an uncommon thing either, especially in the world of custom nineteen elevens.
0: So, you would also recommend before coming to a class, and not trying to put words in your mouth, to go to go put two three hundred rounds through that gun before absolutely. you show up.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. Don't don't be that guy that shows up or that person that shows up. Look what I got.
0: Takes it out of the box, takes yeah. out their 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 chamber uh, trigger guard lock thing. Pulls the
1: blue bag off of it, you, you know, pulls the blue bag <laughs> off of it and gets going. And go, oh, no, God, no, not again. Yeah, I, I've seen that once or twice, even in the carbine world. But, you know, th- there are some good quality manufacturers out there as well that, that I've seen come through classes that aren't custom guns either. Yeah, uh, you know Springfield TRPs, man. Most of the ones I've seen run out of the box. You know I, they they work well out of the box.
0: I see Springfield's. Um, I mean they, they don't have that tight lockup like like some of your Wilsons, your uh, your Nighthawks, and everything else. And mm-hmm. you know a lot looser tolerances, at least from the feel. And I I I don't see a lot of problems with those. No, it, it's it's the the ones that I see the most are are man by, by far those shorter guns without mm-hmm. a doubt those are just trouble all day long and even some of the guns that even the, the full-size guns you know that they would uh, expect you know your, your government models and you know all that stuff sure. um that are you know kimber and i i hate to like dog a brand because I, I don't typically do that but i whenever when somebody shows up like hey what are you carrying and i'm like oh i got this kimber blah blah you know in the back of my mind i'm like i hope this isn't I hope, this, I hope you got a good one. You know, that's what I'm thinking.
1: I hope it's not a, it's not a Wednesday gun. Yeah. I really do. You know, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you mention that because I've got a good buddy, uh, a friend slash student, another instructor in the industry who actually worked at Kimber as a gunsmith. And he's a very good gunsmith. And, you know, he, he knows 1911s as well. And, you know, he's, yeah, you know, I fixed a lot of things and this and this. And, that. and it, it, it's whenever you mass produce something, you're going to get those ones that come in. But, you know, even another good one that I've seen a few of in class have been SIGs. Yeah. The SIG 1911s have worked well. I, You know, Tim Herron, he's a world-class shooter. Uh, Tim was shooting for Team SIG for quite some time. He was running with them with SIG 1911s. And, you know, he speaks very highly of the gun. And, you know, obviously his performance is matched by that. But I've seen, you know, a lot of SIG 1911s that have run very, very well in class. So Dan Wesson is another good one.
0: I, I owned a Dan Wesson, didn't pay a whole lot for it, and that thing ran like a champ. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, the, the one the one funny thing that I always get from guys like, well, you know, you, you customize this 1911, you know, look at all these spare parts and all this stuff that's out there in the market. I said, have you ever picked up a book on Glocks? <laughs> Dude, you can do anything to a Glock. I mean, and don't get me wrong, this, is, this isn't this one of those things. I mean, I've got some very heavily, highly modified Glocks yep. that cost as much as some of my 1911s do. And you know I'm, you know I've had guns from Doug at ATEI, who's just amazing with them. I've had guns from Ben Simonson at Borsite, Glocks and M.P.s. Um, I've currently got guns from Agency, and that's that's one of my primary pistols besides Nighthawks. My polymer guns are Agency guns. Um, you know, you can spend a lot of money on a Glock just like you will in
0: 1911.
1: Yep, easy. Does it need to be done? Nah, but is it? Yeah, and does it help? Yeah, it does. You know, and it's. It's like anything else, you know, I mean, I I literally have one 1911 that I carry a lot. It's a 45 government model um, built by a very renowned gunsmith, and it's upwards of the $6,000 price range. And it looks like hell, but I carry it, I use it, I shoot it, that's what it's made for. And it's beat to death, and it's time for a complete overhaul of that gun, because I've probably shot... Oh my god! I am somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty odd ball thousand rounds probably through that gun, and you can literally tell it's beaten itself to death because it's got a lot of flat spots on it. You know, it's it's wore out. It's great, but it still works. That's what I like. Yeah, it's time for an overhaul on that gun.
0: So I right now I've got a um, the Guns and Ammo edition, mm, yeah. one of one hundred mm-hmm. production from Nighthawk, and I'm gonna have it for a couple of months and then um, sending it back and picking up the. Uh, uh Shadowhawk uh, recon yeah. so I can mount my RMR on it I got the 3.2 dot uh, on that RMR Good. I think that'll make sense for that that uh that sure. gun but going from a, a shooting the RMR and I I'm start I'm still working it you know and I I'm, I'm dedicating uh the, the year to running RMR on a gun all the time because I I mean I do believe it's the future we talked about that already and I'm really enjoying it, you know. And it's uh, it's been a challenge. It was it was tough for me to keep that gun going because we were doing the class I was in <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. There was some pretty serious competitions, like team based stuff. I, I I let the team down. Uh, a little bit on a couple things because I, I was just not as fast as I normally am <laughs> because there's there's a little bit of a learning curve of, of pre- presentation and finding that dot. Uh, so I came home and I was like sitting at, at my my I would say desk. It's really my dinette in my RV uh, and I'm practicing presentation. Uh, with this thing and finding that, that dot and getting everything without having to move it or anything else, just have the way I need to present this gun. But I was like, man, I, I could be shooting so much faster right now. Cause I, but I, but I, I do believe that, that once I get it, it's going to be faster because once I get that dot, I'm tracking it very well. And so they, I, I do see the advantage there already. And I've only really shot about probably, I've only got maybe 300 rounds through it uh, with yeah. the RMR. So I'm going to do that with the uh, 1911 that's coming with the RMR. Um, are you seeing some of these RMRs and, or any kind of red dots on handguns getting beat a little bit harder on that steel gun and and not lasting as long?
1: No. You know, the thing with the red dot technology on pistols is it's so close. It's, it's like It's like right there. Remember, they were never designed for handguns. They, yep. they weren't designed to be put on pistols, but it was a very logical evolution of things. Uh, you know, honestly, the first red dot I ever shot on a pistol was dating back to like 1999 on a Smith & Wesson series, you know, double single gun, like a 5906 series pistol with a Tasco Optima 2000. So, you know, most most guys who are listening to this probably were like six years old then. Um, You know, because I'm an old man. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things, but the red dots have. Come
0: our, our largest demographic is like 25 to uh, to 50 years old, somewhere in that area. So you, you probably have some to remember um, that.
1: Pretty few there, probably a few there. Uh, you know, the, the RMRs and the steel guns, I haven't noticed any difference between that and a polymer gun, to be honest with you um, with a red dot on a pistol, steel or polymer. There's always that inherent possibility that the dot will give up. And, from where they were to where they are currently to where they're going to be in the next two years, it, it's been huge leaps in just two to three years. Honestly, uh, you know, Dick uh, LaShawn over at Trigicon has done a wonderful job bringing the RMRs up and diagnosing some of the issues there. Uh, obviously, there's there's some early issues with the loopholes. I mean, there's all of them. All of them have had problems. But currently, what I'm seeing right now that a person can expect is about Six to seven thousand rounds that I have seen of consistent good performance out of the red dots. Now I've had some that have gone longer. I've had some that have gone out within the first five shots fired, but diagnosing those and ripping it apart. What we have seen is that it's either battery failure or a battery contact issue. So we, we, we're discovering some of those things, and we're learning how to fix those by battery failure, too. We've seen batteries delaminate, huh. which is pretty interesting in itself. Or it's just a bad battery out of the box. It just has enough juice to get a couple you know, couple reps, in and it goes up. So, but on a steel gun, the 1911 versus Palmer gun, no. I, I really haven't seen much of a difference in that. Um, I have... Six five 1911s with red dots on them, so um, I'm a big fan, I'm a huge fan of it on a 1911. I, I really, really, truthfully am. It, it really helps you ring out, just squeaks even more the inherent accuracy on that gun. It really does. You're, you're gonna love shooting that Shadowhawk.
0: I'm looking forward to it, yeah, and yeah, you know, I'm also looking forward to, to spending some time with the 45 for a while because I've spent the last like three years shooting nine millimeter man gun. Kind of took, all, took, a, took a break on the 45 for a while. Uh, yeah, no, there's a difference. There, there totally is, especially when you're not a big monster guy like yourself. I, I have hey. to. I can't be lazy like I am sometimes shooting, you know, a Glock or a VP9. I You can't be lazy anymore because uh, you, your groups or your speed will show without a doubt.
1: I, I actually like the recoil impulse of a 45 better than I do the 9mm. I think it's a little bit it's not as what we would call snappy or aggressive, but it's a little bit slower, smoothing roll. And yeah, definitely, you know, big hands, some good mass behind the gun, proper technique. Um, They're they're just, you know, not even a caliber debate. It's just a personal feel thing for me in some guns, you know, just the 45 government model, 1911 feels right. Yeah. But the more more I've been shooting the nine mil guns, it's, uh, you know, it's feeling just as normal, truthfully, anymore.
0: So I had the option of a ten millimeter, and I was thinking I'm gonna get that hill people gear, like sling thing that goes across your front or and yes. hold it in there or something. I was like, I'm just gonna walk around with that every single day with my big ten millimeter because I like I I I don't I don't think I I have the size to pull off a ten millimeter. Not not I'm not going out around bears or anything. I don't think anytime soon. <laughs>
1: I I like a 10 mil. I I love the 10 mil cartridge, especially in the 1911. I mean, you know, I've hunted a lot of animals with 10 millimeter. Um, I I love the gun, especially I've I've got Glocks in it. I have a couple of 1911s in it, and I love carrying a 10 mil government model 1911. I have one that's very near and dear to me that uh, Dave Laubert from Defensive Creations uh, rebuilt for me. And I actually have another one that I got in a trade, a Colt Delta Combat Elite. From a dude and a brand new gun in the box. I took it over to, uh, like, the guy is world famous. Uh, This dude's guns are amazing. Guns to the stars, everybody. Uh, Joe Chambers over at Chambers Customs out of Nebraska. If you're ever through there, let me know, dude. I will get you a hookup with Joe. And you should really go visit him because this guy will sit down with you and he will rip that gun apart with you in your hands and explain every little piece part to you. I have learned more about 1911s, just sitting at his bench, watching him smoke a pipe and rip apart a 1911.
0: That will be where I learn those things that I need to know, because in March I'll be in Kansas, and then shortly after that I'll be in driving to Indiana. Uh, Nebraska will be just a slight little hop over.
1: Just outside of Omaha.
0: That'll be awesome, because that's exactly what I need for this quest that I'm on.
1: I will put you in touch with Joe. He he is building up my Delta Elite from the ground up. Like I told him, like throw the whole gun away, build it the way it needs to be done. The the man is awesome with his guns, and there's a lot of good 1911 guys out there. They're, they're true flair. Like I said, Dave Dave at Defensive Creations out of Ohio, great friend of mine, works on some of my 1911s. Absolutely, he's rebuilt guns for me. He's built rebuilt Petty's old duty pistol. Um, he does amazing work. He, he is truly good. And for somebody who's just really coming on the scene as heavily as he is, uh, Joe, Joe is that one of those dudes that I pick up the phone and I go, "Hey, man, this is what's going on." He's like, "Oh, you know what that is?" I'm like, "Not a clue, Joe."
0: If I did. Not I wouldn't clue. be calling
1: you if I did <laughs> ex- exactly. Yeah, but I will put you in touch with Joe Chambers, man. He is a phenomenal, just good old boy, and, and he's got some. That'll man- be
0: the next 1911 podcast. Then It'll be a few months That'll out though. Awesome. Cool. What do, what did we leave out? steve uh that, that people might need to know or people should consider capacity so like have their regular magazine in and a bigger magazine in their pocket
1: hey you, you know uh choose what you choose uh you know government gun nine miller 45 anywhere from eight to ten rounds um you know guys often dog that um are like oh the gun doesn't have enough capacity i'm like for what <laughs> i'm like for what dude uh, you know i have a saying on one of my shirts that you know capacity doesn't equal accuracy or ability
0: that's true so capacity yeah, was one of my gun. capacity was one of my five things in, yeah. in my video and and it goes back to for me whenever i'm thinking okay i i will sometimes carry a gun with a 10 round magazine capacity i'll sometimes mm-hmm. carry a gun with an eight round magazine capacity but the, the trade-off that i'm getting for that mm-hmm. is a is a much smaller size that allows Correct. me to carry somewhere else, and so I, I'm making a trade for that, and I, I I'd rather not do that. I I personally right. like having 15 rounds I, in the gun.
1: I, I, hey, I've got a Glock 34 that I carry quite often with 25 rounds in the gun. You know, with a plus five mag. Uh, See, that's
0: ridiculous. Could still carry in the Glock 34. Like I, if, pen- if I were 3.5 pen- times pen- my with- size. <laughs>
1: It's, it's even worse, dude, because it has an RMR on it and an X300. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. So <laughs> it, it does have some advantages, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, the 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 capacity thing, you know, like we touched on, there is trade-offs. Um, you know, I carry an MMP shield a lot of times, a Glock 43, even a 42, um, depending on what I'm doing, down to a J frame sometimes, you know, just because. Yeah. Um, do I feel undergunned when I carry one of those? no. But is it more comforting having 15, 17, 18, 25 rounds? Sure, it is. I even have some double-stack guns, including a, a Unicorn Nighthawk double-stack uh, 9mm that holds, you know, 25 rounds. Um, I have some STIs in the safe as well that, you know, will hold, you know, depending on what magazine I choose to go with, up to I had 27
0: points. I had to go so far once to sell a J-frame because instead of carrying a real gun, I was dropping it in my pocket. And I was like, man, I got I, I gotta stop doing this." so yeah. it'll, <laughs> it'll make you lazy, but they're so, so convenient.
1: Well, and that's a part of it. it's convenience and a lot of guys will forgo usable sites or better sites and better trigger a more inherently accurate gun or an easier to shoot gun for some people based on their skill set and skill levels for convenience. Um, do I feel under gun carrying, you know, a 1911 with an eight round magnet or nine rounds and 45 or 10 and 45? No, not really. I've got to reload. You you know, we know factually most documented, you know, citizen shootings, five rounds, seven rounds, some have been more, some have been more, you know, we understand it, but they're very limited cases. So sure. Yeah. You know, when I carry a 1911, I absolutely positively carry a spare magazine. A lot of times I'm lazy when I carry a Glock with a 25 round magnet because I go, you know what? I've got 25 rounds in the gun. If I run out of ammo, that's probably on me or I should have been there. It's just yep. that simple. Or if, I, or if I am there, I better do what I know I'm capable of doing and hopefully I perform as well as I do on a flat range as I do under that pressure. And it's a trade-off with anything though. It, it truthfully is. I mean, I, I see guys all the time. They talk online about that. They'll snark about it. And I go, I just saw you put a Glock 43 in your pocket, bro. I'm not impressed. Trade off (laughs) weight balance, I get it, but a good holster, good belt, you know, takes away all that.
0: Yeah. And I I would personally go with the 26 over the 43 myself. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons, capacity being one of those. But the, um, you know, going back to that that video, one of the Mm -hmm. comments that I see a lot that's all over YouTube and when it gets shared on Facebook and it just spikes every once in a while is, well, I shoot my 1911 just fine. I'm I'm going to stick with it. Well, that that's great. And I always wonder like how are they shooting it? What what's their application? And and when somebody says that they're they're more accurate with the 1911 than any other gun, that doesn't surprise me even in the slightest. Like mm-hmm. uh, of course you are you're shooting the gun that has the trigger that all triggers are measured against, you know? And then and when someone is shooting guns bad, it's typically because of what they're doing improperly with the trigger. And when you have the absolute best trigger out there, you should be shooting better. Uh, I, I I shoot better and more accurately with a nineteen eleven, without a doubt. Right? <laughs> yeah. Who who doesn't? I would never. Oh, yeah. I would never say trigger. anything opposite of that. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You, you know
1: who doesn't shoot a nineteen eleven well? People with bad trigger control, and that means they're not going to shoot anything well.
0: Yeah. It, that,
1: that's just a fact. The gun is inherently accurate. It has the best trigger. You know that all triggers are measured by why? Because it's a slide. And it's, it's a great gun. It's a great trigger. They're super accurate. Absolutely. Um, but again, what are your measurements? What are your standards? You know?
0: Yeah, it's speak. all personal choice, man. And I have Absolutely. made my personal choice, but I'm also on this quest to maybe change that personal choice. We'll be right back and finish this thing up with something that's probably going to be really awesome. I don't know what it is yet, but it will be. If you're in the market for the absolute best 1911 handguns and accessories, look no further than Nighthawk Custom. Nighthawk has over 36 flavors of top quality custom 1911s and they definitely have one for you. These are custom handmade 1911s. Each gun is made from start to finish by a single gunsmith. Nighthawk's slogan and philosophy is, one gun, one gunsmith. Now, owning the world's finest 1911 has never been easier. Go to www.nighthawkcustom.com and finance your Nighthawk Custom 1911 today. All right, Steve, we already talked about your 2017, I think, in a couple of podcasts ago, what you got going on. I know you got a crazy busy schedule. (sighs) I am going to be with you at Mm -hmm. Alliance Police Training Center uh, in Alliance, Ohio, Mm -hmm. on May 27th and May 28th for Essential Handgun Employment. One of the things I'm doing this year, if everybody out there listening doesn't know, is I'm traveling around taking a lot of classes, uh, videotaping some of that. And I'll be doing podcasts with those instructors of those classes, maybe even students in the classes to to really tell some stories about what's out there in the training world, uh, what's out there in the gear world, things that we learned. Somebody had a problem with a gun or found a great solution to something. We're going to talk about that. So uh, a lot of I'm going to be in the dirt, man, I'm going to be in the trenches all year long. And I'm gonna be spreading that information with all the listeners out there and it's gonna be awesome. If you guys wanna help me out doing that, there'll be a link in the show notes to our the Gunfighter Cast Patreon. The Patreon is basically you pledge a dollar amount, one dollar per episode, two, five, whatever. Some people do one dollar, some people do twenty, and you pay that amount per episode and you can set a cap for the month and say, Yeah, don't pay more than than eight bucks. Don't pay more than 20 bucks, Uh, whatever. And you support the show that way. And that helps me mm-hmm. buy this ammo, but go do these things and, and bring you this information. So if you want to help, I appreciate it. If you appreciate it, if you don't, you're still going to be able to come on here, download, listen for free. No big deal. I ain't mad at you. But May 27th, May 28th, uh, if you can, that's one of the things I'm doing. I'll be sharing a website here really soon. It's going to have my calendar up. It's got this class on it, and all the classes that I'll be taking will be on that calendar. So I would love to see uh, you guys, the Gunfighter Cast listeners, go to Steve's website, sign up for this class, and let's go shoot this thing together. I'll, I'll fill out all these instructors, at least one of their classes with Gunfighter Cast listeners. That would be awesome. That'd be And we'd have a good time. May 27th, May 28th. I'll have the link to this class in the show notes of this episode too. So you guys can go sign up. If you can make it to that, it'd be awesome. Steve, what did we forget today? You know, get a gun,
1: carry a gun, get very proficient with the gun. Uh, You know, I don't care if it's a 1911. I don't care if it's a Glock. I don't care if it's a Walther. I don't care if it's a Sig. I don't care if it's a whatever. As long as it works, as long as it works for you. That's all that matters in the end of it, man. Stop getting caught up in the garbage on the internet. I don't, it doesn't matter what I carry. It doesn't matter what you carry. You you know, Dan, I mean, to these guys, it's like, look, people, if you're comfortable with the gun, man, great. Drive on with it. Use the gun. Be proficient with the gun because your lives, your family's lives matter, and somebody else's lives may matter at that point in time. Have a gun that's reliable. Have a gun that's accurate that you can perform well with and carry it.
0: People spend so much time defending their choices, defending calibers and arguing over stuff. I mean, if we spent that much energy into, in, in, in much more positive things, uh, it, it would be great. Um, I, I totally believe the same thing. Let's, uh, you know, find what works for you and also keep such an open mind that Mm -hmm. you realize that, Hey, I thought this was great, but it's kind of not, and I'm okay with that, right? Like, I'm not a fanboy of any brand out there. I'm a fanboy of information, and when the information that I'm seeking this year, especially if the information tells me that I'm wrong about something or there may be something better out there, Mm -hmm. I, I will leave brand X in a heartbeat and go with that something better, and I have no emotional or ego attachment to it at all.
1: Yeah, there's absolutely no reason to. You know, like, again, there's a lot of good quality guns and pieces out there, parts and items. And the beauty of going to a class is this. You get a chance to try some other students' guns.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude,
1: I I see it all the time in class. Guys like, hey, is that a so-and-so, so-and-so? Like, yeah. Can I? Yeah, dude, here. I got a holster in the bag. Try it on. Run a relay with it.
0: I already got mags filled. Yeah. Yeah, like, yep. Yeah. It's like, dude, try the
1: gun, man. You want to shoot a gun? Yeah, what do you go? Oh, yeah, I'll shoot that. No big deal. I'll grab your gun. I'll grab a spear gun. I don't care. But that's a good thing at class because you get to see a lot of other guns. I mean, granted, you see a strong, uh, you know, similarity between a lot of the guns, but you never know what shows up at a class. You know, there could be a dude over there with a high power, yeah. you know, or a VP-70 or something weird space gun, you know, that's new uber unobtainium, you know, that dude's got his hands on. Hey, bro, can I shoot your gun? Yeah, here, you know, take it for a spin. That's one of the cool things about coming to a class that you never know what's going to show up, what the instructor may have, what another student may have. And you get to try that stuff, and it may give you other ideas.
0: In, in my debrief, I, I asked them, we talk about the class, talk about anything, they make sure they understood everything we did, and we didn't go past anything or miss anything. But I I'd ask everybody, I want you to tell me three things, something you learned about yourself, something you learned about your gear, and and, and, and something that, that, that you're going to do you know, in the future, based on what you learned today, as far as training or, or mindset or whatever. Um, and when you when they talk about the gear part, there it, it seems like such a small item, but I, yeah. I do that in the class because I'm saving people money. You know, True. people are yeah. like, you know what, this piece of gear did not do good for me today, and it may be a gun, it may be a holster, it may be a belt, it may be a plate carrier in a rifle class, it could be yeah. anything, and they're they're talking, and people are like, well, I, I had that same issue. And now I got this and this works. And the discussion happens right there. And people are mm-hmm. like, okay, that's what I need. I'm going to go buy that, yeah. you know? And uh, there's a lot of learning that happens right there. Just with that simple question of something you learned about your gear. And mm-hmm. it, it's a huge, it, it'll save money. You might've spent money on that class, but now you don't have to go drop all this money on different things because you're it's, getting so much information.
1: It, 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 it's a great point and it's valid. And I tell guys, don't, it, and unfortunately like in this business, in our business, you know, We have people that depend on us to get the product out there. That's why they sponsor us. They sponsor, you you know, the shows, the programs, whatever. Uh, Generally, it's a product that I have to believe in first and foremost. It it has to be a product that I believe in, that I want to be attached to, that that I know is trustworthy, reliable, and the people behind it. My
0: measurement is would I trust my life to it or would I trust my wife and son's life to it? And if if the answer is yes, then yes. If the answer is no, then no thank you. I've turned down a lot of opportunities because… I didn't get the right answer to that question.
1: I turned down a huge check this past year from a company about a year ago from a company and it was real money. I mean, and I'm like sorry guys, can't can't do it. But I mean, I mean real money like somebody's like yearly salary, like no bullshit money. So I,
0: I haven't turned down anything that big. I've turned down some stuff that's big for me relatively speaking, but it always felt really good when I did. Man, I I felt yeah. like everything was right with the universe cuz I know I made the right it, decision.
1: Exactly. And, you know, the, the thing is to a lot of students or a lot of people who come to a class or watch these things or, you know, they're like they want to parrot or mimic because it's going to no and then don't. Uh, granted, don't get me wrong. It'd be nice if you support the supporters who support us, you, you know, that kind of thing. That's why they support us still. And that's why we choose good quality equipment. But because it's right for me, dude, doesn't mean it's right for you.
0: Yep. You absolutely. know, a- ask me,
1: ask me, You you want to shoot the gun on lunch break to see if it's something you were interested in? Tell me, dude, you want to try an optic that I've got? I've, I've got loner rifles with mirror image stuff on them. You know, same thing with pistols. You are more than welcome to try any of the kit that I bring to class, including the personal gun that I am wearing at that point in time. I do not care. If it's something that you think that you want to look at, just ask. You are more than welcome to try out the gear.
0: I, I need to get Trichicon to send me another MRO because... Whoa! almost said something I shouldn't have. Um, the <laughs> secret of uh, the uh, because I, I the last three rifle classes that I've had uh, my I didn't get to finish with my optic because the last three times somebody else's optics have completely died, went down, broke or something. And I just pull it off on my American defense mount, throw it on there, put it on. And it's usually really, really close to zero. Yeah. Or close enough. And like I, I never finish a class now with uh with my optic on my gun. So like I, I need a, I need a backup, backup.
1: It, it, it's notorious. I've seen that happen a lot. You know, I know a lot of instructors that have done that. And you know, I kind of, you know, and I've done it myself years ago. And I said, you know what? I just started carrying a mirror, mirror image gun or an extra optic in the bag or something like that. That's what I'll I needed to. to here. do. Yeah, and I just tell them, you know what? Honestly, I give them my rifle. I'm like, here, just just shoot my gun when I when I need to do a demo. I'll grab a gun because there's 20 other guns on the line. It may not be my gun; it may be some other student's gun. I don't care. Just give me a rifle, give me a pistol. I'll, I'll shoot it. You know, I don't care. But I'll just generally give the guy the gun and be like, "Here, just shoot the whole package, dude. Just don't worry about it."
0: It happens to me package. often too. And you know what I always do? I always accidentally grab like this gun from whatever guy's close to me, and it ends up being like uh, the heaviest gun like ever known to man. And I'm about to demonstrate some like 200 yard sprint. Or something. That's just. Yeah. Weird. And I'm like, ah, oh, I can't be a pansy and give this thing back right now. I grab like that that F and fifteen tactical over there. Like I, I'm stuck with this monster. So let's do mm-hmm.
1: it. Yeah, I, I've done that before, and I look at that guy, and I'm like, going, I'm gonna grab the biggest, ugliest, most nastiest. Gu- yeah, give me that thirteen pound AR you've got, dude, with a grip pod, yeah, <laughs> an AFG on it, a magnifier, two red dots, four flashlights. And a laser with no battery, And
0: like a mag cinch with two mags on it. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah. And they're 40-round there mags or it's like a 100-round surefire. Yeah. You know, it, it always works out that way because it's the closest dude. And you're already reaching over and you're like, oh. Oh, oh, all right, give me the gun. I'll do this. You know. But, yeah, it's, we see that a lot too. You, you know, there's always that sharing of stuff like we talk about information and guns and gear. But, man, just ask. It's always a good time to go to class. Not only do you learn stuff, but you can always try other gear.
0: This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Uh, we'll finish it up with, uh, man, I, I wish the entire training and firearms community was like it is in the class every city i go to every state i go to everywhere i train it's the same people they have different names different faces same attitudes same everything and uh it's i'm fortunate to have this life and, and it's a pleasure to get to hang out with what i consider the top one percent of our country and it's just awesome
1: absolutely got credit cast
0: out Hey guys, Daniel here. Thank you so much for being a part of Gunfighter Cast and a listener of the show. If you feel that you get something out of Gunfighter Cast and you enjoy the show, why not pledge a dollar or two dollars through our Patreon site? Basically, you pledge one or two bucks an episode. When uh, some content is released at the end of that month, your card will get charged. Pretty simple and easy way to support the show when you're getting content. If not, all good. You're going to keep getting them for free. Thanks again for listening and being a part of the show. Gunfighter Cast out.